Howdy, friends, and welcome to the Lead Your Career Podcast. My name is Chris Rader, and this week's episode is entitled Treat Receiving Feedback as a Skill. Feedback can make us bitter or better. Robin Sharma. I often hear feedback that elicits a negative response called constructive feedback. To me, that's a hopeful name. We hope that we'll be constructive with this feedback and not just negative about it. But even the most well-trained feedback receiver still feels that initial burst of negative feelings from the feedback, and that's okay. It's not self-hate. I mean, it could be for some of you, but often it's a smaller negative feeling. Maybe you feel you let somebody down. Maybe you're hearing a known strength is letting you down, or maybe it's something you thought you overcame. In her 2015 TED Talk, Sheila Heen recommends treating feedback as a skill, and the majority of this article ties back to her core beliefs on that topic. Treating feedback as a skill allows you to be less dependent on the giver of the feedback and puts the onus of transitioning from negative to constructive feedback than constructive to actionable feedback on you, the listener. I do personally subscribe to more of a Marcus Buckingham's focus on strengths over weakness, but most of the time the feedback you're looking to transition from negative to constructive is calling out your weaknesses or blind spots or egregious growth opportunities. As such, you need to have the tools in your toolbox to understand how to properly receive and manage feedback. Sheila indicates feedback lives at the junction between needing to learn and grow and needing to be accepted and respected for who you are. Feedback is your relationship with the world around you, so it can be very personal. I believe the quicker you can go from that negative feeling to a constructive feeling, the quicker you can go from a constructive feeling to actionable results. And actionable results are the end goal of treating feedback as a skill. The concept of treating feedback as a skill starts with understanding your emotional profile, understanding how you're predisposed to handling the feedback. It starts with your baseline. This is your resting level of happiness. Without any outside forces acting upon you, where does your happiness level reside? Next is the swing. This is the amount you tend or have the ability to deviate from your baseline happiness when an outside force such as feedback acts upon you. The last part of your emotional profile is your recovery. This is the amount of time it takes you to return when a force such as feedback has swung you from your baseline. The importance of learning, knowing, and understanding your emotional profile cannot be understated. It's the foundation for treating receiving feedback as a skill. You need to know you and your sensitivity response to life before you can move from transitioning negative to constructive to actionable. To help identify your baseline swing and recovery, you could go it alone and come up with some answers, but I would recommend you talk to someone close to you. Yes, I am recommending soliciting feedback to help prepare you to solicit feedback. You probably have someone in your life, maybe a friend, with plenty of opinions who are not afraid to share with you what they've witnessed firsthand in regards to your baseline swing and recovery. You're seeking to understand who you actually are, not who you would like to be. That's a whole different article. Once you believe you have a grip on your emotional profile, it's important to know and look at the three key reaction triggers when receiving feedback. Reaction triggers are the ways we consciously or subconsciously seek out ways to categorize the feedback as wrong, invalid, and thus not worth our time and concentration. Reaction triggers are very harmful when you're looking to treat feedback as a skill because it moves from what may be perceived as negative feedback to the realm of invalid feedback, and therefore you can never move to constructive or actionable. Here's a look at reaction triggers. 1. Truth Triggers This is your struggle to see yourself in the light being shed. You may find the feedback wrong, unfair, or unhelpful. You may search the feedback to find what you know is 5% untrue, so you probably can write the whole thing off as untrue. This is your quest to write off the feedback as false and it is not helpful. Two, relationship triggers. This is the way you react to feedback based on your relationship with the giver and not on the feedback itself. 
For example, if you're told, I love this new look on you by your hairdresser versus your best friend versus your mom or your sibling, you're probably going to respond differently. That's a relationship trigger. Your quest here should be to separate the who is saying it from what they're saying. Three, identity triggers. This is your reaction to feedback that questions the core of how you see yourself. It's also the result of underappreciating the enormous variance in your emotional profile and your emotional reaction to feedback. We're not robots. Feedback can sting. One key cautionary tale that goes along with knowing your emotional profile and reaction triggers is called feedback distortion. Feedback distortion occurs when you swing to the negative side of your baseline when receiving the feedback. You become more likely to have a magnified or distorted assessment of the feedback. Here's a great example. Imagine your friend came up to you and said, I have some really, really honest feedback that you may not like. At this point, your heart rate sped up, you're probably swung to the negative side of your baseline already, and now you're just waiting for the bomb to drop. Another example is when someone is layering on the negative feedback. The first couple comments already dropped you below your baseline. So now the rest is insult to injury, and you're not giving yourself the opportunity to seek out the growth opportunities in what's being said. In my experience, feedback distortion is harder to identify in the moment. It's more when I'm being self-reflective after receiving the feedback, which usually causes me to have to follow up. Of course, you don't have to do any of this. You could just wait around for an expert feedback giver to walk up to you with that golden nugget of life-changing feedback. Good luck with that. For the rest of us, we'll take time to learn our emotional profile, keep an eye out for identity triggers, and move forward with our quest of treating receiving feedback as a skill. With that, I ask two things of you this week. One, take some time to really dig in and understand your emotional profile. This may hurt and set off some reaction triggers in the process, but you'll never be able to master treating receiving feedback as a skill without understanding your emotional baseline, swing, and recovery. Two, practice, practice, practice. Ask a manager or someone you respect a question such as, what is one thing you see me doing or failing to do that is getting in my way? Have your emotional profile and reaction triggers on your mind and try to extract constructive feedback. Follow up with, how do you feel I should approach this? This will give you some ideas on how to go from constructive to actionable, then do it again with someone else. The more you practice, the better you're going to get. I've never gotten to the point where I am on a quest to receive constructive feedback, but I know many people skilled in turning constructive feedback into actionable results and who do seek it out. But that's the beauty of this skill. It works for those type of people and for those like myself that passively collect and learn from feedback as it rolls in. No matter what type of person you are, the key to going from negative feedback to constructive feedback and then constructive feedback to actionable results is your choice and how you receive and respond to the feedback. So treat it as a skill you can improve upon and get to work.